0: It's the Sunday Cafe with Roman Travis on Magic Talk. Oh, I just love dogs. I love dogs and I love cats, but I don't have them anymore, which is quite sad, I guess, in more ways than one. But when it comes to, to getting a new animal, you've got to get it right, don't you? Darren Rowe is from Mindfulness for Dogs, and he knows all about well, how to make things work between you and your dog. G'day, Darren. Good morning, Roman. How are you today? Oh, well, I'm tired, but I'm excited. Exhausted, you could say. Did you watch the okay. rugby? You've recovered, have you? I have. It's always hard when you've got a lot of Irish going on in the bloodstream. You get a bit confused. But I'm so glad we did win. It was great. It was great. It was a great game, yeah. It was. Now, if you've got a question for Darren, here's what you do. You pick up the phone and you call 0800 844 747. Darren is from Mindfulness for Dogs. And it's really important to choose the right dog and, and doing all that stuff and maybe even choosing a name that's going to work. All that stuff's important, isn't it?
1: It is indeed. Um, it's, quite, it's quite interesting because I was out in a park um, this weekend, uh, sorry, yesterday, and um, <laughs> there were so many people trying to recall their dogs and they were shouting their dogs' names. And, and to be honest, I don't think many of the dogs actually knew what the names were. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny listening to them. Um, so that's probably one of the things, the first thing that I would um, really make sure that you do is, is teach your dog the right name. And it's quite important to, to pick a name that works because um, some names are better than
0: others. Um, what do you so, mean by that? Give me well, an example
1: um first of all first of all you've got to make sure that it's it's got a hard sound to it so dogs pick up that hard sound much better than a really soft sound so mm. i was teaching a, a dog um this week this week in fact and he was called Bax uh, badger and he just didn't get his name just just wouldn't come back to his name and all we did was only young puppy, so we changed his name during a class to baxter and suddenly he started to respond just a oh. subtle change to make it slightly harder and and, we, you know, we think our dogs are stupid because they're not coming back to us, but they probably just don't even recognize their name.
0: Right. So <laughs> yeah. calling, calling your, your dog something like Jeffrey or David is not a great idea?
1: David's not so bad because it's a little bit of a harder sound but certainly Jeffrey's quite a soft name I'm sure there are dogs out there called Jeffrey that recall to their names but it just means you have to work a little bit harder for them to understand that the the other thing is um, make sure I I always put myself in the middle of a park really uh, crowded park Mm. before I and then start to shout their name out loud in my mind because um, (laughs) I've got lots of dogs I've got seven dogs my wife Tends to name them, Papia tends to name the dogs mm. because I'm not allowed any more dogs unless she names them. So I've got dogs like Lala and Pixie. So you can imagine me in the middle of the park shouting out Lala,
2: Pixie. Yeah, <laughs> so really um... think
1: about your dog's name before you, uh, <laughs> before you give it to them.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you, you, actually, that's a very good point. And often it is the single syllable names that make it so much easier than a, a triple syllable.
1: It is, yeah. The shorter the name, the better. Mm. Um, If you can get two syllables, it's good, because then you can, when you recall the name, you can shout, um, when you shout out the name, you can do it in two tones. It tends to get the dog's attention as well, but the really long names are you know, really difficult. Um,
0: Yeah, really hard. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And you don't want to be in a park sounding like a prat calling out, Sebastian, (laughs) Sebastian! (laughs) Or Crusher. Get in here, Crusher! Uh, You know, like a real man's dog. That's right, yeah, yeah. So you talk about getting the rules right from the start. And you know what? It's not nice to be in control, but you really do need to be controlling your dog, don't you?
1: Yeah, so, so I kind of look at those rules, and I, I would rather use the word boundaries, I think, rather than rules, because rules make you kind of think you have to really reinforce them really hard. But boundaries just make it just a little bit softer So, because boundaries can be pushed occasionally and they're allowed to be pushed as long as then they're pulled back. Mm. So when you've got a dog, uh, when you're getting a puppy coming into your house or you're getting a new dog, doesn't matter what age really, those boundaries need to be set from day one, from the second that dog steps into your house. So I always say get the family together, um, have a, a little call roll there, and, and make sure that they sit down they work out exactly what those rules are. And it has to work for everybody. It has to be consistent for everybody because mm. your, dogs, your dogs are like little children. They're going to learn that they can push this person and they can do it for this person. And then suddenly those rules just go out the window and your dog starts to do all these
0: naughty behaviours and then you have to call someone like me in. <laughs> Yeah, which is perfect for you. But really you can you can get it right from the start. Some people, you know, you hear them saying, Oh, it's okay, my doc I've just gotten he's got no manners. Well you feel yeah, like saying why don't you teach them some? Hey, if you've got questions for Darren, jump on, won't you? Jump on here. It's oh eight hundred eight four four seven four seven. You can text three nine two zero as well. What are some of the other rules that people don't get right?
1: So one of the things I, I always say is where is your puppy gonna live? Mm. So really define the areas your puppy can be in or your dog can be in and and where they can't be. Most dogs... Um, in New Zealand become they, they, they come into the house with all good intentions and then they suddenly become outdoor dogs and everyone says oh no it's an outdoor dog now so they're outside barking their heads off and that's really because they just didn't understand what they could do inside yeah. and that's down to us not setting those boundaries I love those little um, child gates I put child gates up all over the place yeah. so that the dogs can't go where they need to go and once they've learnt they can't go you know, then they can come down later but that's the first thing um, the last thing I want to do is wake up in the morning and find that there's a little present for me next to my bed that's mm, not a good yeah. thing no. um all <clears throat> of the other things uh the couches with a puppy i, I had a conversation with someone this week and, and they were saying oh there's one chair the puppy can go on that doesn't the other chairs they're not allowed to and i just said well how does the puppy know that mm. you know it's really hard for a young dog to associate that chair that he can jump on and that chair that he can't so so make sure those ground rules are put in place i would say as a young dog no sofas or all the sofas one of the two
0: well, that's a question I could put to you. It's a bit more sort of psychological, but why do we think we need to treat dogs like people?
1: Mm, that's an interesting one. I think that's a whole session in its own, but yeah. I think it depends on when you get the why you get your dogs. So some people get their dogs because they don't have children or they've had children, and they're gone, so they're filling that void. So therefore, we treat them like a human being. Mm. Um, I, I've talked to my dogs like a human being, but I, I fully understand that they have different motivations and different understandings of the world. But it just depends on whether we, I guess, um, treat them or, or they're, they're, they're replacing our children. Because if they replace our children, then, then we can get in all sorts of problems, can't we? Because we, mm. we allow them to do this and then allow them to do that. And it's <laughs> We do. <laughs> a nightmare. We yeah. do. We
0: tend to soften our rules as life goes yeah. on. Trevor's on the phone. G'day, Trevor.
2: Good morning, Trevor. How are you? I'm good, Trevor. How are you? I'm not too bad, thanks very much. Uh, good win to the All Blacks. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just just a, a quick question. We've um, we just lost um, one of our standard poodles, and we've inherited oh, yeah. a, we've inherited a little Bichon. Yeah. Um, he's about five years of age, but they have a lot of trouble trying to um, rule the roost of the house, sort of thing. You know, the, the, right. the Bichon's the Bichon's <laughs> five, and the standard is um, three and a half. Okay. And what kind of behaviours is
1: the Bichon um, doing? Then, or are you having problems with the three-year-old well, and the she, Bichon? What she's
2: doing, yeah, what she's what she's doing there, and she's um, the, the, when she comes into a room and she sees our bigger dog, she growls, and then the bigger dog tries to have a go at her. Um, yeah. We have you know we have it up on the couch, and when the right. big one comes into the room, she'll look at the uh, the standard and give it an awful little deep growl, and then right. there's all strife seems to hit along.
1: Yeah, so, so that, that sounds to me very much like a fear-based problem. Um, do you know much about the Bichon, whether it was socialised very much when it was younger?
2: No, well, what it is, it's an RSPCA. We've only had it about oh, okay. three months, yeah. four months. So that so makes so We that really makes don't the know much about the history of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes complete sense. So probably what's been happening there is there's not very much socialisation, so she doesn't understand all those social cues for the dogs and probably never been socialised with those big dogs, so it's all a fear-based thing. But the, the only way really you can get through that is to, is to teach them that they're actually safe together. So lots of toy play, try not to keep it, get it too excited, but maybe toy play, feeding together, so they understand that they're in the same family. It's just bringing that family bond together.
2: Yeah. If that makes they, sense, they, try, they not be- to
1: treat, try not to treat any of the dogs different to each other. Right. Okay. You know, they're so pretty sure feed doing that. them at the same time. All those kind of things. So they don't. you don't yeah. begin to build a hierarchy because you don't really want that.
2: Yeah, yeah I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. No, they're yeah. actually pretty good at feeding together. Uh, yeah. We're, I just good, yeah. A, we're just having this little problem. and What seems to happen is, to when she does grow, we put her straight off the couch and onto the floor. Hmm. So we or right. not, whether that not, make we're a not difference? At, um, <laughs> for a little while, then she seems to get the hump. Um, yeah. The, so the thing one, you can do is when you are on the. Oh, sorry. So the other thing you can do, if you're
1: on the sofa when she starts to growl, just stand up and walk away because it may be a little bit of growling around you and, and you could inadvertently oh, become okay. a resource for the dog to uh, growl, not really.
2: Okay. So for us to get up and just walk away. Yeah, and then yeah. she's kind of okay.
1: has to sort it out herself then. And and uh, yeah, poodles are quite big, so she's probably going to say, actually, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's,
2: yeah that, that's a good point, and Yeah, I appreciate that. That's very good. Here. Thanks, Trevor. Right. Yeah, that, that's yeah. very Take nice.
0: Yeah, all the yep, best. Hey, Here's a text, Darren, for you. It says, My friend has three Shih Tzu dogs and they insist yep. on sleeping at night in her bed. How can she train them to sleep separately during the day they are outside or away from the bedroom? Okay, so,
1: so the first thing... I love the way that she says they insist. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I would be looking at whether that's something that you really want. And and for some people, that's quite sort of um, comforting, isn't it, to have their dog sleeping there? Mm. Um, If I wanted to break that up, I would certainly go down the lines of crate training and I would crate train each of those dogs in a separate crate. That's a lot of crates when you've got three of them. Is it three, I think they said? Yeah. So that's a lot of crates. But I would crate train those dogs individually to be in those crates and then at night time they could sleep in there. What I would do now is I wouldn't just take the dog away from the bedroom straight away because that would be quite a difficult one for the dog to deal with. I would put the crates in the bedroom, let them sleep in the bedroom there, Mm. and then slowly move them out if you needed to. Yeah, good
0: advice. That's probably the best way to do it, I would say. 0800 3920 for a text. Much better to call, though, because then you can backwards and forwards and have a good old chat with Darren, and it's free, by the way. You've also said here that giving your dog their own space is important, and that's what you've just alluded to with the crate, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's a little bit more than the crate as well, especially, well, not even so much as a puppy. You just need to get slightly bigger things um, if it's an older dog. But when a dog comes into your house, if the dog's got free reign of the house completely, then it, it's got free reign of all those mischievous and naughty things it can do. So for a puppy, when they come into the house, they don't actually know um, how to be naughty until you give them the opportunities to do so. So, so if you give them free reign of a the house, they can go and they can chew your furniture, they can go and pee in the corner, they can do all these things. Mm. So we always set up a, what we call a puppy bedroom. And it's basically a, um, a crate, and then we've got a, a pen around that. It's actually the same kind of thing as you would have with a child. When you have a young child, you put them in those little bouncy pens. Yeah.
0: yeah good so idea.
1: that way, when you're not able to look after your, your puppy and give that puppy 100% um, attention, you can put him in that area, and then that dog will, uh, that puppy's not going to. Um, be out there doing all those naughty things because it's going to have all those things that it needs in that little
0: area, the chew toys um, all their favourite food and all that kind of stuff That makes a lot of sense. You can yeah. find out more about what's happening with your dog and how to get things right by calling 0800 844 747 right now It's 19 past 9 From 9, the conversation continues Mornings
2: on Magic Talk the, the one bone contention our head with unions is it? I've always been a pretty good hard worker, you know, and do my job properly. You work alongside a guy who's just useless. He gets the same wages. But the boss couldn't put your wage up because he would complain to the union. That he have to pay the, everyone the same, irrespective of if you work properly or not. And the boss and couldn't fire the useless worker either, could he? That was no, uh, no, that was half the problem. To me, that was a downfall of the union. Hey, Ken. Ken, have you heard of school teachers? What happens in the school teaching profession these days? The useless and the really good get paid the same depending on how long they've been there. That's my big beef with the NZEI. There's no ability to pay the best performers uh, what they're really worth. That's why teachers leave the job. That's the start of everything, isn't it, education? If you get good teachers from day one, things will be a bit different. Join
0: the conversation weekday mornings 9 till 12 on the Magic Talk Network. 20 and a half past nine, lots of questions around the rugby. Who will be the next All Blacks coach? We'll delve into this and so much more with the front row. John Day, Hamish Mackay and Richard Lowe before the top of the hour. Back with dogs, though. Dogs are great if you get them sorted from the right time, you know, and that's right from the start, isn't it, Darren? Yep,
1: you've got to make sure that everything is in place way before you get your new dog, um, rescue dog or older dog or puppy dog. I always get phone calls from people before they get their dog and I come out and I do a little um, little consultation with them to get it exactly perfect. Hey, uh, Roman, if you... if I'm, if you go onto my Facebook page at the moment, there's a couple of little blogs that I've written based on what we've uh, talked ah. about today. So you can just catch up. With, uh, I have a little video there of um, going through how to how to do all those sort of things, particularly the naming and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that's a really so, good idea. So, Mindfulness for Dogs, you can just find that on social media, Darren? Yeah, if you
1: if you search for Mindfulness for Dogs with that number four, or you can just search Darren Rowe with a D-A-R-R-A-N, you'll find me everywhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, and Darren's really good. He'll, he'll jump in his wagon and he'll shoot around to your place and, and sort things out with your pooch as well. What are some of, look, for someone who doesn't have a lot of time, let's be realistic, we don't all have six hours a day to stand around, you know, being clever with our dogs. What's That's a right, yeah. What's a good-sized, medium-sized dog breed that is really easy to train?
1: Really easy to train. Wow. Mm. <laughs> the holy grail. I would say if you... It's more about yourself. If you know a particular dog, so you've, you've grown up with a particular dog, then you're familiar with the way that that dog behaves, so then get that type of dog. You can't really go wrong with uh, you know, the classic sort of Labrador retrievers, those kind of things. They're, they're quite. Um, sort of like fun dogs. They still, they can still be quite hard work at the beginning, as any lab owner knows. Um, if you get them obsessed with food, then they can be really hard. Mm. But you, you don't want to be going for those those working hard breeds if it's your first dog, because you know you really need to understand and get inside their heads to understand what they're what they're doing. Mm. So, like your your cattle dogs, I know they're very cute. Your border collie probably is the worst one in the world. Um, your huskies, all those kind of like really hard working dogs. Yeah, you do need to know a little bit about what you're doing. They're not to say that you don't get them, but do your research before you get them.
0: Yeah, look, actually, Definitely. we were sitting around talking last night. I had Izzy the Waimarana on the couch beside me up at Lovely. my friend's place watching the rugby, and we made this sort of general observation. You don't see corgis around much anymore, do you? No,
1: it's true. I don't think I've trained a corgi since I've been in New Zealand, actually.
0: Yeah, they've got little man yeah. syndrome, haven't they? They're kind of, you know, a bit snappy and yappy, and or is that wrong? Oh, they, they don't have to
1: be. I've certainly trained them in, in, uh, in the UK, and they, they weren't snappy. and They were... C- Really quite lovely dogs, actually. Hmm. But um, maybe maybe they're like that now. I don't even know if there's any breeders in New Zealand. I'm sure there must be.
0: (laughs) And is that because it's just fashion, isn't it, with dogs? Fashions come and go. Yeah. I saw a beautiful... Mm.
1: We're kind of going through that fashion with the, the designer dogs at the moment now, and with the Labradoodles oh. and things like that. But then saying that, there's a bit of a revival in the Waikato for gun dogs. Um, in my puppy classes, I'm starting to get more of the Weimaramas and the pointers. Mm. Not too many setters yet, but I'm hopefully going to change that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly there's more of a revival for the gun dogs now, which is good to see. And, and the British Bulldog, that's coming back in fashion as well.
0: Don't they fall into that class of dogs that you're not supposed to buy with their <laughs> breathing problems? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think the yeah, this just- Probably some issues there, but the British Bulldog I think isn't so bad. It's some of the, the smaller um, dogs that have more of the issues, I think. Oh, so much.
0: I feel sorry for them. They can't even, yeah. well, you know, they can't do things that they're supposed to do. Let's leave it at that. But it's very sad yeah. to see them kind of. It you is. Know, yeah, yeah,
1: Again, and you, you've got to do your research. When you're buying a dog like that, you've got to make sure you're looking at the pedigree, you're looking at getting um, all the tests done, making sure that the breeders are reputable breeders so that they, they're trying to take that out of the line. And that's what the whole Kennel Club thing is all about. Mm. Making sure that those things don't come out. It's the backyard breeders that don't really think about that. So you've got to be really careful what you're buying.
0: Time to squeeze in a quick call. Go. Grab your phone now. Dial quickly. 0800 844 747. While stocks last. Darren, (laughs) tell me about um, the need for dogs. Why do we think dogs need to be up on anything? I had a border terrier. Max was only allowed on the floor. And he was happy.
1: I think it's that companionship, isn't it? We like to cuddle dogs. Hmm. I think that's probably the thing, that, that, um, they're, they're very forgiving, they, they don't, don't hold anything against us that we think, um, so so we can give them a good cuddle, we can offload our baggage on them, talk talk to them about the day, and, and they don't seem to judge us, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the, the biggest thing, and they're, and they're soft and fluffy at the end of the day, aren't they, yeah. so it's quite nice. Um, I, I'll always cuddle with dogs on the floor, no, we don't have the dogs on the sofa, not because we're one of those people that sort of demand for dogs not to be on the
0: sofa, but we've got seven dogs, so if they all jumped on the sofa, we'd be on the floor. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, look, hey, look, we've got time to squeeze in one last call. Vicky, good morning. Morning, Vicky. Good
2: morning. Um, Look, help. Help, (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I've got a 13-year-old toy poodle who um, I was introduced to her 10 years ago, and then she became mine three years ago, and she's a a bar (laughs) bathhouse.
1: She's now, a barker.
2: I've, okay. Yes, I've um, tried a clicker. I've tried rewards, but since yeah. we're in the car and I leave the car, she barks. But I must add, I have two other toy poodles with her, and she's been with them many times. But she just is a barker. So help. is it
1: only when? Sorry, is it only when you're when you leave her?
2: Um, yes, I've tried. Well, no, if I'm um, within size um, but you know, a few
0: yards away she'll still bark
1: Right, but she's not actually with you so it sounds like to me you've got two kind of issues going on here, you've got the typical thing that you get with, um, I'm going to be shot for this, but the typical thing you get with, with the poodles is this, this attention, so attention seeking and that's what some of the barking is going to be you should be with me, you're not You make sure yeah. you're with me um, and that's quite a hard one to, to stop because that's probably been um, there since she was a small dog if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's ignoring the dog when they're barking. And literally, I'm going to say ignoring, I mean, not even looking at them, just them totally that they're not even there. And then the second they stop barking, then give them something, a treat, a toy, whatever. But it's got to be maybe two or three seconds after they stop so that they don't associate the barking with the treat or the toy. Okay. So that's the attention seeking thing. And I, I imagine she probably sort of tugs at you as well, pulls at you.
0: Sounds like she does, Darren. We've actually yeah. got to move on, but Darren, it's oh, no always—you know what? It's always a real treat talking to you about dogs because even if you don't own one, the potential is there for people to want one, and you always have such good advice. How do people get in touch with you?
1: Um, so you can get in contact with uh, with me on the website. So There's mindfulness for dogs, and Vicky, please drop me an email, and I can carry on with that conversation with you on email. Um, or you can find me on Facebook. Um, just type in M for dogs, mindfulness for dogs, Darren Rowe. You'll find me all over there.
0: Thanks, Darren. All the very best. Enjoy the rest of Not your fun, Sunday. Mate.